Welcome to episode number 35 of the Unmapped Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about life, upbringing, education, ideas, morals, current events, politics, passions, and more. My guest today is Jess, and today is actually, I'm very proud of having him on. This is definitely the most famous guest I've had on so far. Excited to have him on, and uh, we're going to be talking about a lot. So I'll explain to you how the podcast goes. Okay. So what I like doing on the podcast, I kind of talked to you about this uh, when we met on the basketball courts. Yeah. It's like building a chronology, okay? okay. kind of like timeline. Yeah. So, where I like starting off is origin stories of your parents, mm-hmm. where they got going, your upbringing as a kid, going into like middle school, uh, elementary school, that stuff, jumping into high school, then talking about college, and along the way, we'll focus on your passion with music, rapping, and all that stuff. Okay. So, you can get started, and we'll get going. All right, bet, for sure. So, um, yeah, growing up, I uh, grew up in Wheatley Heights, and uh, it's like pretty much on the border of Wine Ranch and Dix Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not a terrible neighborhood, but it's like, it's right on the border between a bad neighborhood and a good, really good neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I grew up in like a black Spanish area, so we went to, uh, you know, a pretty wealthy school and it was pretty much, um, my neighborhood, uh, like the bus I was on, it's the, all the black and Spanish kids. And then the rest of the school is like white, Asian, right, right. you know, <laughs> Indian and stuff like that. So yeah, like I remember in elementary school, our bus was pretty bad. And one time we got called into the principal's office and we all, the whole bus had to sit down and watch the video camera mm-hmm. on the bus and like everybody's like jumping and out. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, oh shit. <laughs> so, um, that was my elementary school. I, you know, got called to the principal office a few times. Nothing crazy. Um, and then middle school, um, so I, I'll backtrack. I grew up with my mom. Mm-hmm. Like I, I lived with my mom, and uh, you know my dad was there. It's just he didn't live with us, so mm-hmm. he was you know back and forth. Um, you know. So uh, before we even get into like a little bit of you, uh, mm. what I like doing is talking about like your actual parents and kind oh, of like their origin story a little bit because I think oh, yeah, that has yeah. a big impact and influence on us as kids because. A lot of the guests I've had on so far, immigrant family, that immigrant mentality, oh, you know, okay. that push that you get. Yeah. And like, we talked about this, too, when I met, uh, when we talked outside. Yeah. Um, but I think that that has a really big influence and impact mm-hmm. on, you know, who you become and what you do. Yeah. Um, so my parents, my mom grew up on Long Island. My dad grew up on Long Island, um, but he, he came up from the South. Mm-hmm. So he was born in, or his family was born in West Virginia. So they, okay. they grew up out there came here um he grew up in wine inch um, my mom grew up in Syosset and um, so you're a local to the to Long Island yeah Island. I grew up in the same house since I was I was born and raised out here I was grew up in the same house since I was like till I was 18 matter of fact oh, okay yeah and I moved 20 minutes away but um, the same area <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah so my parents grew up on Long Island born and raised from Long Island um yeah my dad didn't finish high school but he went back out of GED um, my mom finished college, okay. um, and then um, yeah, like, I don't know anything like anything else like specific about them. Or? I mean, just um, well, I think an important question is, and we'll get into this more later, is like uh, the fact that they did have education, mm-hmm. um, the impact on that on you going to college and you getting your degree in. Yeah. But we'll we'll jump into that later on. Mm-hmm. So let's finish off the the timeline of you going to uh, middle school and then high school and stuff oh, like that. Okay, for sure. Um, so yeah, middle school. Um, you know, elementary school, I was doing good. Sixth grade, I was doing good in school. And then seventh grade, like, you know, I was kind of like, I guess, rebelling. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't getting, even, getting a little angsty. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even, like, rebelling. I was just acting up. I was just being bad. And I just didn't care about school. So I was coming back. And I was getting, like, three Ds on report cards mm-hmm. and, like, all this stuff, like, every semester. And my mom, just one night, like, just really, like, was tight and just 
you know, was upset. So then after that, I just set in my mind, all right, I'm about to start doing good. Right. And I just started doing good. You know, I started getting honor roll, all this stuff. And, you know, from that point on, from eighth grade to and high school to college, I was doing good. Um, and then, so I was, you know, eighth grade, I was doing like little freestyles. I was messing around. Mm-hmm. My dad was the one who really put me onto music. When I was young, he bought me a black album by Jay-Z, mm-hmm. explicit, explicit version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, the first album I bought was like in elementary school was um, The Hunger for More by Lloyd Banks, okay. part two. So that yeah, was my yeah. first hip hop album that I bought. My dad was always playing rap. He was playing De La Soul. He was always playing Jay-Z. So Jay-Z was a big influence for mm-hmm. me. Um, so that was eighth grade around. I was messing with freestyles. Like I was doing little stuff in class, class projects, freestyle. Yeah, yeah. Then ninth grade comes around. I remember this day, mad clear. I have an older brother, half brother, mm-hmm. on my, from my dad, and um, I went to his house and I went to his room and I see like this DJ equipment. I see this keyboard. He has a program and stuff. I'm like, yo, what is that? Like, I want to, <laughs> I want to mess with that. So that, like pretty much that week, he buys me the keyboard. He buys me the program. And um, it was a program called Reason. Mm-hmm. So in my living room, you walk in my house, you got the living room right here, you have a little computer room right here. It was like an old computer, mm-hmm. computer speakers. That's where I had my keyboard. Yeah, yeah. I was making my Just beats. Right around on it. Yeah, so that's where I started. I started out as a producer, started writing to my beats, started writing to beats I found online. And then after that, I just kept going. So from ninth grade to now, I've been doing it like nonstop, seriously. That's crazy. So you had a really early influence, and a lot yeah. of it came from your, your father early on. Yeah, hip-hop and rap, I got influence from my dad, yeah, for sure. Damn, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So so in high school, you're already starting to make music. You, yeah. you got a little bit of a, a yelling from your mother. <laughs> yeah. So early in middle school, you yeah. get your grades together. Uh-huh. But you still, so so this is a little special with what, what I'm doing with your interview, is I actually pulled lyrics from some of your songs. Oh, dope, dope. So, so that I can ask you the questions through them. Yeah, for sure. Um, from uh, my year I'm just happy I'm not like the rest I graduated you can put me to the test Facts. right so you ended up in college yeah so you went through high school and all that you're, you're already doing music you're yeah. already getting into to hip-hop to rap to producing mm-hmm. but you still decided to go to college right so what spurred that decision was it your parental influence or was it from your own like within you wanted that degree yeah I didn't uh, when I was in high school I didn't want to go to college like I really didn't care like I was just like I wasn't looking into colleges I wasn't doing all that stuff I didn't even know about colleges really so I wasn't doing all that but then my mom, like, I, I was just going to graduate high school and just go straight into music. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom was really saying, like, go to college, go to college, go to college. And, right, right. you know, so I was like, all right, bet, I'll go to college. <laughs> and um, so we were looking for schools. We found Stony Brook. It was local. It was cheap. So mm-hmm. it made sense. Um, but, yeah, so my mom was the one who really pushed me to go to college. And then, you know, going to Stony Brook, I got mad opportunities. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of things came music-wise, so it, it all worked out and helped in the end. Right, right. Yeah. So when you did come to college, what did you focus on while you were here? Um, I did, so I majored in uh, business, okay. operations management, and I did minor in music tech. Okay. Um, so while I was here, I worked at USG AV, so I learned AV. I worked at the studio on Tabler. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was finessing all these performances. Yeah, dude, you had so many performances yeah. that year. I, the, I mean, the main one that I remember, because I'm an uh, underclassman to you, yeah. is uh, you opening for Future, uh, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah. I mean, put that on your resume for your music career. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the first one, the first breakfast I did, so I was a freshman, mm-hmm. did all these local open mics and stuff like that on campus, and then sophomore year comes around, breakfast is happening, I'm like, oh, what's, okay, what's good? And then somebody goes, oh yeah, student's opening. I'm like, why am I opening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, because I'm like, okay, who's who's opening, right? So I'm, I was at Roth eating, mm-hmm. and they tell me, oh, yeah, it's this dude named Enclave. I'm like, all right, bet. What does he do? He's a DJ. <laughs> so I'm like, how can I finesse this? Like, that's that's the first thing that pops into my head. And I'm like, all right, bet. I'm about to I'm about to hit this dude up on Facebook. I'm about to be like, bro, 
like first time I want to check out his music and he was dope. So I'm yeah. like, all right, man, he's dope. <laughs> so now I'm like, all right, yo, I'm like, bro, well, let me get on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, bro, um, I'm a rapper here. Like, I feel like it'd be dope if we collab and do a performance at Brookfest together. Right. He's like, he checks my stuff out. He's like, oh yeah, you're dope, bro. Check this beat out. I write to the beat. He's feeling it. Mm. A few weeks later, I'm on stage opening for Childish Gambino and Diplo. Oh my god! You know Damn. what I mean? That was so, that was a year before that was a year before I actually started school, so I didn't get to go to that concert. Yeah, so I'm so very tight. I missed that word, one. Word, yeah. Yeah. But um, I think that's a thing that a lot of people miss out on mm-hmm. is that if you just talk to people, just message people, go out of your way and, you know, say that you want to be a part of something, the opportunities will open. I mean, exactly. you coming on to this podcast, this podcast isn't anything yet, mm-hmm. but I mean, I hit you up, talk to you, and you, you, here you are. Like, I can't in the to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so. so some people just don't go out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two lyrics here that I want to go into. <clears throat> Back in college, working two jobs, barely sleeping, and I'm still not, mm-hmm. from Ivanka. And then I need the pesos, I need the queso. Panera taught me how to make dough from oh, talk. Facts. Right? Facts. So these two lyrics. So you're in college, you know, you're getting your degree, you're focusing on school, mm. you're also focusing on your music career, producing, you know, you're, you're doing all these performances on top of that, but you're also working jobs here. Yeah. So I want to talk about your, your balance in college and how you're able to kind of get everything done. Yeah, so um, I was working AV and I was working at the studio. Right. So those are the two jobs. AV was pretty dope and so was the studio because it's music and it was kind of flexible. So mm-hmm. I could like take up four hours at the studio and I could take pick up a shift four hours AV. Okay, bet. Now I got to do my schoolwork. All right, bet. Every weekend I'm going back home to record mm-hmm. and work on music. So my balance is pretty much every single weekend I'm going back to my house because mm-hmm. I have a home studio and I was like, it's just like a setup in my room where I record everything and mix everything. So I go back to my crib every weekend, record whatever I don't need to do. I'll be writing while I'm at campus, come back to school. Okay, Monday to Friday I'm working and I'm doing schoolwork and I'm, you know, showing about the homies and stuff like that. So that's pretty much my balance pretty much all four years. That's insane. Like, so yeah. so on a weekly basis, how often do you think you're working? Like uh, your your um, j- your jobs? Um, I don't even know because then I was doing, uh, it would be like, I couldn't even say. I was picking up as much hours as I could do just so I have some bread. Yeah, and because yeah. there, were, there were dope jobs, like AV was chill, and I was learning about, like, you know, the background music and stuff like that. And in the studio, I was learning how to mix some Pro Tools and stuff. So I couldn't say it, but I was trying to pick up as much as I could. Right. So you were a busy guy when you were yeah. in college. Yeah. And I know a, a big distinction that, that happened for you was once you left college, you, you put 100% to music, mm-hmm. producing, and all of that. Yeah. Um, so that shift, so post-college, you decided not to get a job. Not to, uh, I mean. So I actually, yeah, I actually did pick up right after I graduated. I picked up like some, right, so first I was doing um, a porter job. So basically I was for Nissan. A porter job is basically like you drive the cars mm-hmm. from the service station back and forth or whatever you got to drive the cars. Okay. So I signed up online. I was like, all right, bad. I need some bread. I want to, you know, put it all into my music. But mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to go full music, but I need some bread to put into music. Right. So I got the job, I signed up, I was like, okay, you drive the cars, it's mad simple. And then first day I got there, like, all right, so this is the mop where you clean the bathroom. I'm like, whoa, whoa, I didn't sign up for all that. But I was like, whatever. So I did that job for a few months. I was like, nah, I'm not feeling, I don't know, I did that job for almost a year. Mm-hmm. And then quit that, got another job as a customer service, and I was talking on the phones and paid a little more. Didn't like that job either, it's mad people yelling at you on the yeah, phones, yeah. but I'm like, you know. So I quit that job in November, and then since this past November, I've been doing music full time. So that switch to full-time music, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to be able to sustain that requires definitely more work. It requires more time and all of that stuff. Yeah. So that that main switch, you know, what did you start doing differently when you started producing, you know, 
hundred percent, started putting all into it, and you know, given now you you went on tour, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you're I'm assuming you know starting to get some momentum, some mm-hmm. leverage, and you actually starting to pick up pace. Yeah. And uh, I, I see it because I'm I'm always I'm always kind of lurking in the background, seeing like this guy's putting in work. And, yeah. You know, th- do you think there was a, a big shift in the momentum once you started putting that hundred percent in, or was it always happening and it kind of just picked up a little bit more? Yeah, so it was always happening, but definitely, so when I when I quit and I was doing this full-time, like, that's what, honestly, like, I didn't do anything different. I was just doing more of what I always did, mm-hmm. and which was important, because when I was working at Nissan, I was doing 40 hours a week, so that's right. taking out eight hours, five days a week that I could yeah. be dedicating to music, so I couldn't be here right now. Right, I couldn't right. be doing, I couldn't be uh, traveling, taking meetings in the city. I can't go out and take photos, right. couldn't go on tour, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So, like... Um, yeah, just doing music full time. Me putting everything into the music every single day is helping me grow faster than saying, let me work this job, have some money to put into my music when that's taking away all my time from yeah, music. Yeah. So um, there's definitely a shift um, and it's just the amount of effort and work and time I could put into my music that really helps accelerate everything. Right. Yeah. So when it came to going on tour and all that, because I'm not in the music industry, of mm-hmm. course, so I don't know how that works. Yeah. Right. So where did you start with that? You know, getting your name out there and and getting someone to you know go on tour with you and going on tour in general. Cause, yeah. You know, you you have all of these performances state to state, mm-hmm. so you have to find a connection to you know talk to the manager or whoever is there for that performance and get yourself up there. Yeah. So how do you go about getting those performances? So everything, any performances we had, and just going on tour and getting all that set up. Um, I have all right. So I have my homie Kavar, who I've been mm-hmm. working with since 2011, my producer. And then I have my homie Ben, who I went to high school with, and he handles photography, he helps with styling, he helps with all that. Um, so us three, like, we work together pretty tight-knit. Mm-hmm. Um, so this idea popped into my head. I was like, all right, we're all doing this full-time. Right. You know, we gotta, like, you can't just wait for things to happen. Yeah. So I was like, let's go on tour, let's go, let's hit these roads, let's hit these cities, let's introduce ourselves to people. If we don't have a show in the city, let's go around the city and promote, like we did in New York, but mm-hmm. let's go to all these other cities and do it. Um, so that's pretty much what we did. We, we planned for weeks. We set up, okay, what cities are we going to go to? What colleges are we going to go to? How long are we staying in this city? What okay. shows can we get? What venues are in these cities that we can ask to perform at? Mm-hmm. So we did that for weeks. And we were just researching, researching, meetings and meetings, like all of us meeting up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just went. And then... Um, so, so there was no like preemptive like uh, connection or there was nothing like already lined up. You just kind of picked everything up, had a plan, went... And tried to figure it out as you were going. Exactly, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that yeah. is insane. We packed up the whip with all the merch we could fit and, you know, sold some merch on the way, <laughs> helping to help pay for gas and all that. And, yeah, we just went. Um, and then we, we ended the tour in South by Southwest. Right. Had a show there. And us doing that South by show had me back in Austin a week later after tour because two kids saw me. And they were like, yo, we want to throw you a house party in Austin. I saw that one. And that yeah, was yeah. crazy. So. That is insane. Yeah. So, so next question is um, your your kind of slogan, uh, the name, mm-hmm. everything like that. Where does that come from? GRA the season. Yeah. Uh, all that. Yeah. So GRA started when I was at my old crib with my producer. And we were like, yo, we need to like, we need this to be deeper than just the music. Like, what is, what is it we, what, what do we want to represent? Yeah. So we were sitting there, we were like, all right, what, what, what can we do? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, So we were like, what can we, and then my boy goes like this. Hey. And he's like, GRA. I was like, we was like, we was like, you feel it? Yeah, we was like, GRA. I was like, I like that, I like that. It's like the greater than sign. All right, bet. So we did that. Um, and then GRA. Oh, that's what that, it's greater than sign. Yeah, okay, okay, I just got you know that. Yeah. So you could do it like that, you could do it like that. Um, and then from GRA, 
it kind of it, it developed into GRA season and pretty much with GRA GRA is like great vibes great times great people right. great lives everything yeah. great it's about living in the moment and making the most of today because tomorrow's not promised so right, you just right. want to do what you can today just because you don't know what's going to happen um, GRA season and the whole leaf and all right. that what that kind of represents is like me and my boy and my music, what I want to do is I want to bring some something different. You mm-hmm. know, like I feel like lyrics are sometimes not looked at as much in today's rap That's you know, actually culture. One of the next questions I had is what your what are your thoughts on today's mumble rap? People like Lil Pump yeah, and stuff like so, that. So so um yeah, but li- lyrics are not that looked at and what I want to do and like, you know, you don't hear about many rappers going to college. So the ch- the leaf represents we were like, all right, what season represents change the most? And we thought about fall. And then we thought, how can you represent fall? So mm-hmm. we put it in the leaf. And that okay. was GRA season. And then yeah, um today's rappers and I guess what you, what I think about Lil Pump, um, you know, I I feel like even like I'm just really impressed like when I did this P and B rock show, mm-hmm. like there's like all high school kids and I did the show out west at San Jose, it's all high school kids. And I'm spitting bars and stuff like that, and they're right. turning up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, this is dope. Like, you know, like older people, college kids, high school kids, they all can vibe with it. Yeah. That's dope. And it's like, it just shows me, like, you know, like, cause like old people like Lil Pump too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, what it is to me, it's like, it's turn up music. It's cool. It's good to have fun with. You wanna get lit, you know? And then it's like, it's just. You gotta respect it for what it is. It is music yeah. for now. And it's like, is it gonna be a timeless record that you play at your wedding? <laughs> maybe for some people. <laughs> You know, maybe you are gonna be playing. I hope, I hope not. <laughs> maybe you're gonna be playing Gucci Gang at your wedding. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like people, when it's just something real and it's just you know when you really put your life into your music and your lyrics, then it's gonna be, it's it, you just see the difference. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like, I feel like it's here and here in the moment type music. Have fun, turn up. I bet it's cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna hate on him, right, but right. yeah. So. so what are your thoughts on J Cole's album? Because J Cole and Lil Pump has kind of been going at it back and forth recently. Yeah, with the whole like. Him talking about, you know, mumble rap, talking about making money on the come up and all that stuff. Mm. Um, going out of his way on one of his performances talking about him. And they've been going back and forth. So yeah. what, what would you say is your take on J. Cole's perspective on it and the way he's kind of been talking about it? Yeah, um, I would say Cole's album was dope. And I really respect Cole because this dude could disappear for so long, come back, drop an album, and then mad people are right. vibing. Like yeah. his, his fan base is mad dope. Like his music is dope. It's real. Um... He has music with a message, and it's still hitting radio. Right. It's still some real hip hop, and it's still getting acknowledged for it. So that's why I like Cole, um, and I always used to listen to Cole like in high school and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I think I think it's just dope that he's able to do what he does, and he stays true to his sound, and it still works. Mm-hmm. So that's what I like about Cole. I mean, he's been around for the, the, over a decade. You know, he's been around for so long. And the thing that the thing with his album that I really like is uh, the way. So this is an argument that I've had with a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Um, the the way he's made the album is it's not the best for him in my in my opinion and a lot of my friends lyrically or like the beats or like how hard it is mm-hmm. but when you listen to it together it's one piece of art mm-hmm. like the album itself after you listen to 1985 like it it just ties it together and makes it his like whole artwork and then yeah. you get this big idea this whole um kind of kind of um ideology he has and his opinions and his thoughts and mm-hmm. it just ties it together yeah so for your music like I mean you've dropped uh, Actually, 
correct me of, of what you've dropped so far because mm. you've dropped a uh, lot of singles on, I believe two or three uh, mixtapes yeah I got some like old mixtapes that I don't even like some, like <laughs> hidden mixtapes so yeah I would say about like three that I still have online mm-hmm. um, and then I'm just like mad singles and stuff like that yeah. but there's like mad music that I dropped that I, t- I had an old SoundCloud I took that off and then when I started Justice Raps I mm-hmm. started fresh from there so so for those ones like the inspiration for the entire albums mm-hmm. like where's your kind of music come from because I mean a lot of these lyrics come from your history, what you've done, and all that stuff. But do you ever tie them together as one kind of uh, uh, idea or one piece of work that has a central theme to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, for the projects I've dropped, it's pretty much everything that I'm going through and what I'm experiencing in my life. I haven't done like a conceptual album, mm-hmm. I would say. So I, yeah, I haven't done that. It's pretty much just whatever's going on in my life and like. I just talk about you know what I see around me, the stories from myself, the stories from the, my, my family, people I know, mm-hmm. um, and just anything I'm, I'm experiencing. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Um, for for milestones, what I want to talk about now is I know recently Ben's hit a hundred thousand. Yeah, uh, I think on your own channel. Yeah. Um, or yeah, on a different channel. On a different channel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know a lot of the, the songs that you have on Spotify are starting to get a lot more momentum now, a yeah. lot more listening uh, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what would you say in your mind are some of the the milestones that you've hit from beginning to now? Um, I would say definitely um, being on Sway in the morning. That was dope. Um, I would say traveling, doing all these shows out of state, mm-hmm. um, like South by Southwest, um, Texas, Austin, San Jose was a big one, um, Ole Miss. Um, definitely Ben's hitting 100K. Me, myself, and I hit 100K on Spotify, so that was that was a big one. Um, and I just hit 10K on Instagram, so that was another big one. Opening for PNB Rock when we came back from tour, and so there was a DJ that went on before me. Then I went on. Then PNB Rock went on. So there was like yeah. I was like the opener for PNB. Yeah, like there's yeah. not like 20 people opening. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty dope. And it's in my hometown. It was like in Huntington at oh, the, really? Par- at the oh, Paramount. Okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. So and there was like a thousand, like probably like over a thousand kids there or people there. So that was that was a really big moment. Um, yeah, man. It's been it's been a good year so far, man. So great year. But um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, man. Just those are some of the big ones for sure. Um, there's other like you know I opened for Gambino Future Fabulous French Montana um, I did a song with uh, Molly Mon Tory Lanez and mm-hmm. Jeremiah that was a big one right that that I think is, is not talked about as much as like as much as it should be mm-hmm. um, I actually think your verse is the best verse on that song appreciate that um, so how did that happen because that's those are some pretty big players out in the field <laughs> yeah yeah so that um, I had somebody DM me off of IG because they saw one of my freestyles that was posted up on this other page straight bars and um they dm me they were like yo you know you're dope i want to meet with you so we met and then i ended up going to vegas to meet molly mall at his mm-hmm. studio and you know we were talking i did some records there but came back to new york some time passed went back to la because he got a new crib in la went to la worked on some music there came back to new york i get a call from molly talking about yo i got this record i want to see if you can get on it you know some other people are I'm thinking about having some other people on, but I want to see what you can do with it. Right, and right. if your verse is, you know, if we, if we're feeling your verse, we'll keep you on. <laughs> I was like, bet. So he sends the beat over. I write it that night, send it back. He's like, yo, fire, fire, fire. And then uh, I hear the record. I see I'm the first person on the verse. I was like, that was lit when they put me first. Because, um, yeah, I pretty much heard the song when it was complete mm-hmm. and when it was up. And then I just saw that. So I was like, dope. So that's just so someone just contacted you, you threw your verse in, and they just put it in there. Send it back, yeah, and then I was on the record. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. 
wow, that is insane. Mm-hmm. Opportunity comes out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely, because I, I got to meet him in Vegas through my boy who I met, Justin Adams, and then we went out to Cali, um, met him again, and then, you know, like, he knew who I was, and yeah. then, you know, he had this record, and he sent it to me, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, today, you know, now you're you're 100% into music, you're doing mm-hmm. all this stuff, you just finished, you came back from tour, what are your days looking like now? Because I know, you know, off the Instagram, like, you're, you're still, you know, out there, you're you're making the music, yeah. uh, you're, you're interacting with your fan base, you're still mm-hmm. working on making merch, on getting, getting your name out there and all that stuff. So, day to day now, I mean, you're busy, you're leaving this podcast and you're going to meet your producer. Yeah. So, you know, what's it looking like and how busy are you? Um, yeah, so pretty much every day we're doing something, whether it's photos, whether it's, you know, me sending out emails and talking to people, or I'm pretty much in the studio all the time now. I was mm-hmm. in the studio last night, we had a session from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., so we do, like, big blocks, and it's this dope spot out in Long Island City. Uh, it's called BMJ and uh, so we just met a producer out there so we work there we work at my crib my producer's crib and then we have other people on the island we work with so it's pretty much studio 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 Mm -hmm. writing 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 um, more music and then traveling Um, so it's just all that every day so what's the process behind your writing I mean, like you're you're in the studio for hours on end, and mm. I'm there at some of the live streams. But you know, you're there, yeah. you're working with your 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 group, your your you know uh, your supporters and all that stuff. Yeah. So is it just you sitting around for a couple of hours and just throwing around you know lyrics, throwing around beats, and just messing around, or is there a kind of a science behind how you do it? I mean, like sometimes we just um, like in the studio that we was working at last time, like we kind of throw around ideas, bounce ideas off. Of, okay, how does this part sound? Do we want to move this around? But usually how I work is um, I'll get the beat. And I'll be at my my home spot, my home setup, and um, I'll just vibe out. Like I listen to the beat and I write, and then mm-hmm. um, I do everything pretty much at the crib and just write um, the whole song, recording myself, and then just do it like that. So I pretty much just get the beat and okay. just piece together everything and just yeah. So would you say that it's from like a pretty? I mean, you have had influence from a relatively early age, but would you say that from early on you kind of had a. Uh, and a uh, capability or affluence to uh, not affluence <laughs> uh, capability in general ca- uh, understanding of beats and lyrics and how to kind of piece things together like did music just kind of like hit you in the right way and you knew what to put together yeah I guess so like I was talking to my, my, my cousin about that actually and I was like I was like I don't know man I, find, I kind of felt like I was wag at first he's like nah he wasn't wag like, <laughs> you know you were, you were dope but like that's just me I guess looking at it and so I guess I did from the start, like, you know, I was able to put together a song. I was mm-hmm. able to, okay, this make this feels good, this sounds good. And I just got better and better as I went on. So, yeah, because I just, you know, this is another thing that's different about me from other rappers. It's not like I came up, dyed my hair, yeah. and then it blew up, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I feel like some rappers you just see them blow up but then again you don't know their backstory but for me I've been doing music since 2009 so it's like I really had time to develop my sound I really right, had right. time to get my lyrics to where I want them to be and I'm still trying to improve on them right. so you got to play all the different fields and test out with the waters and different see what vibes, you. Different, yeah, yeah. Different and I think you can you can attest to that through your, your music background because your songs they range they have very different uh, uh, sounds and mm-hmm. each one is different from the next yeah, for sure. So, for all the music you've had thus far, has that been produced by you? Has that been like all of you, or have you ever worked with you know uh, someone external, someone that you don't know, or uh, you know a big kind of company or, or a record label or whatever it may be? Yeah. So most of the um, 
yeah, we haven't worked with all the music you hear. It's like me picking out for the most part what I want to get on. Mm-hmm. I experiment. I try different sounds. I work with mad producers. So I have my one boy Kavar, who I work with pretty much like a lot of the time because mm-hmm. we, you know, we're just in New York and we've been working together since 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have producers that I met like this one guy Grover out in Atlanta who goes to school in Mississippi. He's a DJ. Mm-hmm. He made me, myself, and I. He made Best Days. Um, Kavar made uh, Hurricane Talk. He just made Blues. Um, he made Mad Records. Um, so there's different producers that I work with, and then I just find beats online. Like uh, Don't Pick Flowers is one that I found from this producer online. I go through beats just on YouTube, like you know, sometimes for hours, and just find it, like looking for that vibe where yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah. okay, <laughs> that's the one, you know. What I mean? <laughs> so it all depends. Um, yeah, it all depends. That's that's really that's interesting because everyone has a different methodology to how they create their content, whatever it may be. Yeah. So you know, you found yeah, I think from the experience that you've had, you found something that works for you, and you kind of like in this in this kind of zone now, and mm-hmm. you're just producing, you're just trying to get that that blow up, <laughs> trying yeah. to just have make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And it's happening day by day. It's just like you see the numbers going up, and it's just like when somebody finds me now compared to when they found me a year ago it's just different because now it's like you know a lot of people care about the numbers so now they see oh Ben's has yeah. 100k oh you have 10k followers and I'm like okay you're really you know doing something like yeah. that because instead of just saying like if I had a, when I first started I had a thousand followers I could have been making the same music yeah, yeah. but they might not look at it the yeah. same way yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I feel that's where I am well, that's where I am right now I'm at yeah. like a, little, a little over a thousand it's like it's like oh look it's, you kind of you kind of have something but it's not it's not crazy mm-hmm. whereas um, I was actually talking to someone about this for your Instagram page where after you hit 10,000 the, the growth was exponential mm-hmm. if you look at it now I think you're at like 10, 7 or something like that mm-hmm. yeah. um, when people see that 10k mark when it's not just a, a number anymore it's like this person's already something mm-hmm. um, so that just makes you want to it's, it's it's FOMO, fear yeah, of missing out. It's yeah. like, oh, this person's already someone. Like, I kind of want to be a part yeah, of this yeah. now. Yeah. But I think from this point on, it'll probably be exponential growth. Yeah. So, um, I think we've covered almost everything a lot faster than I actually anticipated. Uh, I usually so. can go for an hour. But the last section is actually, I ask my guests uh, their short-term and long-term goals from this point on. Mm. So, what you see yourself working on, uh, you know, in the upcoming months and then where you see yourself going in the upcoming years. Um, some milestones you kind of uh, want to achieve and when is for you or your team when is we made it like we've we've you know accomplished some of the goals that you we really set out to do or is that never going to happen and you're always going to keep grinding and keep going yeah i feel like i'll start with the last question first i feel like for us we're always setting new goals um we do have a you know a moment or like you know there's going to be a feeling once one day where it's going to be like, all right you know you stop and when you stop and finally look around like where am i at right now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay i'm here yeah. like you know what i mean but yeah, we're always going to be setting new goals. We're always going to be trying to advance. Um, you know, I know I'm always going to be trying to get better as an artist, performer, everything. Um, I guess the short-term goals are going to be uh, continuing with the, you know, dropping new music, um, new singles, new videos. we got a lot of videos on release that mm-hmm. we're going to be dropping. Um, fall time, might be seeing a project come in, like a full, like, like EP, like mm-hmm. just a set, solid amount of songs that just really capture what this whole vibe and this whole build up of everything we've been working on to really hit them so that okay, fall time okay. yeah so um so that, you drop do you make sure you're dropping it in fall for gr8 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's looking like i mean we might drop it earlier but um and then we might just drop another joint i don't know but, um yeah so that's that's pretty much short term long term um we're gonna be doing more shows for sure um tours mm-hmm. um possibly like you know either i i would do a smaller tour run throughout the country or I would get maybe like attached to a tour and do it with mm-hmm. you know a bigger artist and go open for them you know around the country um, 
and then yeah like down the road like way way down, like maybe a few years from now like two or three years I would do uh, maybe like open a label and you know start once I get myself more established help other artists and um, you know people that I watch people that I like that I think could be dope mm-hmm. maybe people from my area maybe people not just mm-hmm. as long as I think they're dope and I see them grinding um, that's the main thing I just want to see you working I want to see people who really because everybody talks about oh I want this I want that but yeah. nobody like nobody works, works you know it, what yeah. I mean it's just crazy <laughs> to me like I just feel like it's so it's not simple but it is simple just get it up really and do is. it yeah, you know yeah. what I mean like people want to do this some people who have a thousand followers be like oh I want to go do this podcast yeah yeah like, I mean I've, I've talked to a lot of people I mean I'm at, this is episode 35 for me yeah um, when I started people were like what are you like what are you doing like, that's what I'm good. saying and they had that the energy where it's like it's not not be anything now I'm like I'm at 35 like, you know I got I have a rapper that's making it on my podcast I'm having people here mm-hmm. it's just, you know, eventually it will amount to something. You just can't give up. Exactly. You yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Um, the last question is actually, uh, so you're one of the, the prime candidates for my podcast in general. It's mm-hmm. someone who's hungry, relentless, you know, working for it, grinding, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what I like having my guests do is saying a quote, a saying, uh, something that really means something to them, um, to the people that are out there. Because mm-hmm. my prime demographic is those who are younger end of college or, you know, uh, higher level of uh, high school. Um, you know, something that you think that people need to understand or, you know, something that you think is really important. Yeah. Let me play, let me play this one giant so I don't mess with the quote. <laughs> this is something my dad said, and um, I put it in one of the records. Um, one thing I say is tomorrow's not promised, so make today great. So that's just, you really don't know when you don't. your time, I, you know, anything happen to any of us. So right. it's like, you might as well give your all in this one life that we have and just do your best, be your best, and just really try to be as positive and as productive as you can. So that's that's what I've been living by. Um, but yeah, this is what my dad said. Let me see this one right here. Yeah, yeah. To any kid on the come up, if you really have something you want to do in life, something you're pursuing, it's not easy. But you got to stay consistent. Consistency is the key. Told me, and that's what he said. He would ever. That's what he said. He would want me to tell people and kids on the come. He actually said that kids on the come up. If um, you know, whenever I get that big platform, that's what he would want me to tell kids. So consistency is key. Don't stop. Keep working. Keep grinding. Stay positive. Stay focused. So those are some good words. Good words. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that that wraps it up. I'm very glad to have had you on the podcast, man. Sure, um, man. Plug yourself, let the people know what you got coming up, uh, your Instagram, your social media, where they can find you. I'll link everything below. Um, generate the season. You got never it. leaving. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you all want to follow me, we got it on. We got all the music on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, on Spotify, you just type in JUS. Um, but yeah, all my social media, you could follow me there and yeah, I'll have all the links. Um, it's at JUS, T U S R A P S, just us raps, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud. LinkedIn spot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Just Us Raps, J-U-S-T-U-S-R-A-P-S. And I will link it below. I'll have all of his socials down below. So if you can't find it, you don't know how to use your apps, which you probably should. But if you don't know how to use your apps, it'll be below. Hit the links. Um, thank you for tuning into the Jerry the season. Thank you for tuning into the podcast, listening, all that stuff. Uh, like, share, subscribe, share it. Let people know they got to keep grinding, staying consistent and all that stuff. Peace out. See you in the next one, guys.